Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Amen. Do you believe it today? Do you believe it? I hope you do. It's so good to be with you today on this good, not Good Friday. (laughs) I was wanting to be here with you on Good Friday, but I wasn't allowed to be. But it's so good to be with you here today on Resurrection Sunday. The title of my message this morning is Jesus is all about life. Jesus is all about life. Turn to the person beside you and say, Jesus is all about life. Now, to some people, that title might seem a little bit strange. It might seem a little bit strange to say Jesus is all about life just a few days after we celebrated, that, or not celebrated, but remembered that he died. Some people might think, well, Andrew, what's, Jesus isn't all about life. We, we remember his death. We remember his life. But what do you mean by that? But since the very beginning, God's plan has been to bring us life through his death. From the beginning, a sacrifice was planned to be made for your life and for mine, that we could have life eternally. And this morning, this Easter, this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look back a few chapters before Jesus' death to John chapter 11. We're going to look at another man's death, a friend of Jesus whose name was Lazarus. If you've got your Bibles there, I encourage you to open up. We're going to have a look at John chapter 11. And if you haven't got it there, it should be up on the screen. John chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus, telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, Only a few days ago, people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, the disciples get so confused by Jesus. I wonder if we do sometimes. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. And then we see, we read that Thomas gets all worked up and he's kind of like, well, Jesus, if we're going back to Judea, 
we coming and we coming to die with you, Jesus. And Thomas gets all kind of worked up and he kind of like, well, let's go. And he sort of he's, he gets the message a little bit wrong again. But they go and there's a crowd there and they're weeping and there's wailing. And finally we get to verse 20 of chapter 11 and it says this. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet with him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if, you had only, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Did you hear that? I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from her, the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the, when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. This morning, I think God wants some people here, and maybe some people joining us online as well, to hear God say to you, friend, come out from your grave. Come out from the place where you have been. Come out from the, the death and the destruction that you're living in. Come out into the new life that I have for you. And church, I think God wants us to hear his words, unwrap him and let him go. He wants us to help one another be unwrapped, to take off the grave clothes, to take off those old things that would 
bind us, that we might live in the freedom that Jesus died for us to have. Today, in fact, every day, I believe God wants you to know that not only that Jesus is alive again, but Jesus is all about life. He's all about life. He came alive again. We celebrate that at Easter time. We celebrate that every Sunday. We celebrate that every day. And Jesus is all about life. And he wants you to have his life. Jesus gave his life that you would find life. Now, to be honest, sometimes we misunderstand that. We think Jesus died for us, so now if we trust in Him, if we believe in Him, and if we follow Him, we're not going to suffer anymore. We're going to have an awesome life. We're not going to make the stupid mistakes we used to make anymore. Who knows that's wrong? Bad things still happen. What did Jesus do when He heard that Lazarus was sick? It says He waited. In verse 4, he says, This won't end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. And he waits. He waits. Have a think for a moment about if you were Lazarus and you got message back or you heard the message back that Jesus has said, I'm not going yet. Or maybe you're, you're Mary or you're Martha and you, you hear the word come back that Jesus has said, This won't end in death, but I'm not coming yet. And you get the message back and you're thinking, great, but then he dies. And you're thinking, Jesus, you got this wrong. I'm not sure they would have liked what Jesus said in that moment. Have a think about Jesus too. Have a think about how he was feeling when Judas came with the soldiers to arrest him in the garden, you know, armor clanking, swords by their side, torches burning as they walk into the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has been there, he's been praying, he's been sweating drops of blood. He prayed, God, if there be any other way, please let this cup of suffering pass. What Jesus did was so far from easy. But it's still true. Jesus is all about life. I wonder if you've ever had a near-death experience. Maybe you don't like to think about it. Maybe you've been out in the water, you're swimming, and you've nearly gone under, you've nearly drowned. Maybe you've been chased by a shark. Maybe you've crashed your bike and you've kind of injured yourself really badly and you see like that tunnel and you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you're thinking you're going there. I'm just talking about my own personal experiences. But I wonder if you've had one of those moments where you think your life is coming to an end. You know that the human person has an amazing strength to fight for life. I've like heard stories about people that have just grown superhuman strength in a moment and, and lifted up a car or different stories about people doing amazing things to preserve their life. Maybe you've seen that movie. I haven't brought myself to watch it. That rock climber who like chops off his arm to survive because he's stuck. I don't want to watch it actually. <laughs> you know, we fight to keep our lives in those moments. But it says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. 
Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Because Jesus is all about life. Jesus came from heaven to give his life, not to preserve his life, but to give his life as a sacrifice for our sin so that you and I could have life. Maybe you've had some Lazarus moments through your life. Maybe even this year, maybe even this week, you've had some moments where you've, you've been waiting for God to do something. You've been waiting for God to answer your prayer. And you can't understand maybe even why God didn't do what you thought he was going to do. You can't understand why God didn't do something different to how it all panned out. This morning, this Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, I want us to think about three things from this passage that help us understand the context of Jesus coming, his crucifixion and his resurrection for us. Three things this passage tell us about Jesus. Three things I want us to focus on this morning. Number one, in verse 35, it says, Jesus wept. You know, it breaks God's heart to see the, the pain and the suffering that happens to those he created and loves. It breaks God's heart to see you go through the pain that you go through. I believe even today God is weeping with some of you. There are some people here and you're going through things and it breaks God's heart to see what you are dealing with and having to suffer through. Jesus wept because this person he loved, this close friend of his was dead. He had suffered the consequences of sin and was dead. Point number one, Jesus wept. Number two, in verse 33, we see that they're weeping and they're wailing. And it says in verse 33, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Jesus wasn't angry that they were upset. He wasn't angry that they're, that they're grieving. But Jesus was angry because God hates sin. God hates sin. He hates the pain. He hates the suffering that it causes in our lives. God hates the effects of sin in this world and the destruction and the pain it causes every single one of us. The Bible tells us that God made the world and it was good. It was very good. And his plan in the beginning, he created the garden and, and placed Adam and Eve there. And the, the, the tree of life would, would, would sustain them. But because of sin, they were sent out of the garden. And we will all die. But God's plan was to bring about his sacrifice so that we could through repentance, through faith in Him, be brought back into relationship with Him, that we could have eternal life with Him, free from the consequences of sin. But sin has brought destruction and corruption in this world. Sin always twists, corrupts, distorts and destroys 
what God has made for us, the life that God wants for us. Sin always twists and distorts and corrupts the life that God wants for you. And when you're tempted, when you're tempted with some sin, just think for a moment of that, the way that sin twists and distorts and steals the life that Jesus wants for you. Jesus is angry. He's wept. And then it says he goes and says to them, open up the tomb. But Martha starts freaking out. She's like, Jesus, you, you can't open the tomb. He's been in there for four days. The smell is going to be atrocious. Jesus, you can't do that. But point number three, Jesus reminds them of what he said in verse 25. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Because with Jesus, death is not the end. You know, our, our lives are, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 years maybe. But this life is so short and eternity is so long. God's perspective is so much greater than just this life and death. God's perspective is that he wants us to have life, not just in this life, but for eternity. I am the resurrection and the life. <coughs> Excuse me. Some people might have thought, famous last words, Jesus, because just a few days later, Jesus was arrested. He was tried by Pilate and found innocent, but then still handed over to be crucified. And then Jesus is dead. But then he's alive again. And it might sound too good to be true if you're here today and you're, you've never really sort of stopped to think about what Jesus did. And the whole resurrection thing, it just kind of seems too much like a fairy tale. It sounds too good to be true. I want to encourage you to do the research. I want to encourage you to, to, to find some books, to do some study into what actually happened to this historical man named Jesus. That he did live, that he did die, and that he certainly did come alive again. There's so many people who've, who've not believed in who Jesus is. They've not believed in the message of Christianity. They've, they've explored the facts and they've come to the conclusion of saying, I either believe the evidence and believe or I just ignore the facts and stay where I am. And I encourage you, read The, the Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Look at some other books and some of the evidences. You know, the arguments against Jesus' resurrection were some people said he couldn't possibly have died because he's most definitely alive again. And some people said, well, he, he can't possibly be alive again because I saw him dead and there is no chance that he survived. And even those who opposed the message of the resurrection argued against each other because they couldn't kind of, they couldn't get their brains around what had actually happened. Investigate the facts. Jesus is who he said he is. Jesus, born of a virgin prophesied hundreds of years before his birth, Jesus came into the world he created. He, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He taught like one from God. And then 
Just as scriptures told us he would do, he died. He was crucified. He was pierced. He fulfilled so many prophecies about his life and his death. And then on the third day, he rose again. Jesus is who he said he is. And today, this Easter, as I said, I want you to know, not only is Jesus alive, but Jesus is all about life. He wants you to find the life that he has for you. Maybe you've been through some things this year or through your life. Maybe you've been through some things. Maybe kids, you've had some hard times at school with some friends and you've prayed and you've asked God things to stop. You've asked God to help things get better and it hasn't changed. Maybe some of us, we've, we've been Christians even for a long time, but we feel like our trust of God is just so, so small today. Maybe you've lost someone and Jesus didn't come. He didn't raise them back to life like he raised Lazarus. Maybe you feel like Lazarus and you've been crying out for God to turn up in your situation, but you feel like it's too far gone. Things are way past where it could ever be turned back from. You feel like there's no hope. And if you're honest, maybe you feel like there's a bit of a stink around even that you're bitter, that you are just angry and there is no coming back from this point. Maybe you feel a bit like Lazarus today. But what did Jesus say to, to the situation of Lazarus was going through? Anyone who believes in me will live, even after death. Anyone who believes in me will live. And I believe that's talking of our situations, that we can have life even through the struggles we go through, even through the, the, the trials, even through the pain of this life that we will go through at times. We can still know the life that Jesus died for us to have. That we have a God in heaven who created us, who knows us, who loves us completely, and we can have hope. We can have joy we can have peace even through the hardest valleys, the hardest challenges, the deepest griefs. What did Jesus say in verse 4? He said, this happened for the glory of God. Now, I want to be totally honest, there's some, some situations and some circumstances that I think, God, I don't understand how this could be used for your glory. But God, I, want to, I choose to trust in you. And maybe you've got a situation today that you're facing, you're thinking, God, how could you possibly use this for your glory? But I just want to say God's perspective is so much greater. In the moment, Mary and Martha thought all hope was gone, but God's perspective is so much greater. On Good Friday after Jesus had been crucified on the, on the Saturday. The devil thought he'd won. People thought Jesus was gone. But God's perspective is so much greater. And whatever you're going through today, whatever you might struggle with in this life, God's perspective is so much greater. I just want to ask you the question this morning. 
Do you believe? Do you believe that the God who created all things, who sustains all things, the one who gave up the comfort of heaven and came to the world he created, who died a criminal's death on a cross, who gave up everything for you and then rose again victorious, showing he's greater than sin and death. Do you believe that he is able to lead you through this? Do you believe that he is able to give you life, even beyond death? Jesus is all about life. He is able, he is good, and he loves you. I'm going to ask the band to come, and I just want to read one last passage this morning. We're going to take communion in a moment. And this morning as the stewards come and they hand out the elements, the biscuit, which reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken. He was crushed. He was beaten to the point of hardly being recognisable. We remember his body as we receive the biscuit, as we eat the biscuit. We're going to hold those things until we, we're going to read the scripture and we're going to sing a song and then we're going to eat and drink together. This morning, if you're a visitor, please feel free to join with us as we, as we take communion, even as you receive that biscuit and that cup. Maybe your prayer this morning is, God, I'm struggling, but help me to believe. God, maybe you're, you're, you're in that point of crying out to God and wondering why He hasn't done what you wanted. But even as you take the biscuit and the cup, I want you this morning to say, God, I choose to believe. I choose to believe that you are the God of heaven and that you can bring life through all things. He defeated sin and death and rose again. And he can bring you life today too. I'm just going to read this passage from 1 Corinthians 11 as the stewards come. One Corinthians chapter 11. Words of Jesus on the very night before he was betrayed and, and taken to be crucified. It says this, For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You know, Jesus died on the cross, and we remember what he went through around communion but we also remember that he rose again victorious then he ascended into the clouds and said I'm coming back and he's going to judge the living and the dead is your trust in Jesus Christ today just as we hold the biscuit and the cup we're going to sing this song the Bible says anyone who confesses their sin, anyone who turns away 
from just living for themselves and acknowledges that He is the Saviour of the world, that He is God. Anyone who believes in Him will be forgiven and have eternal life. But the choice is yours. And as you hold the biscuit and the cup this morning, and we sing this song, I want you to ask God to help you trust in Him. And if your trust is in Him, just thank Him. Thank Him for everything He has done for you this morning as we sing this song together now. Thanks, guys.